Thank you for listening to a sermon from the District Church. For more information about us, please visit www.thedistrict.church. Additionally, if any of our sermons have brought encouragement to you, would you please let us know by emailing us at info at Excited to uh, be here with y'all and uh, and get a second to uh, chat a little bit. Um, like you said, I've had the opportunity to uh, be in ministry for four or five years, um, and then the most recent season of our life um, in ministry, uh, we like to say just our church looks a little bit different. Um, and uh, so my wife and I own a coffee shop in Carmel. Um, but what I love about uh, this place and what we love about the parallels with that is that we love to create community and, and give opportunities for um, people to get together and talk about uh, issues, um, sit down and talk about problems they may have, or just spend some time uh, loving on one another. Um, so uh, when we um, had the opportunity to begin looking for a church, uh, me uh, coming from working in church, uh, this place paralleled a lot with uh, what we were doing uh, in our uh, professional life. So um, we are honored to be here. We've been honored to be a part of this uh, community for the last uh, couple of months. So um, yeah, happy to be here. Um, and yeah, like I said, uh, it's very important for us um, in the uh, coffee world uh, to use uh, coffee as that vessel to create community. Um, and I'm sure there's many things in your guys' life, whether it be sports or uh, working out or running or, um, you know, reading book clubs, all of these different type of things. Um, they're all merely just vessels to be able to bring people together. Um, so uh, that's why I'm here and that's why uh, we get to be here today uh, with each other. So. Um, so a little bit of background f just for me personally, for those of you that uh, don't know me. Um, I'm married to my wife, Jenny. Um, she's one of the owners of the uh, coffee shop as well as an amazing new mom. So she's uh, uh, Roman celebrated our little one seven months today. So really excited about that. Um, and uh, the really cool part about uh, outside of the fact that he's the coolest kid uh, ever, uh, not offending any new moms out here because I know there's quite a few. Um, but um, yeah, the cool part about him outside of that um, is that um, that's he's really the reason why we were able to be here. Um, some of you guys know the story already, but um, my wife and I signed up for a maternity class that um, we feel like everybody's supposed to take. We're not really sure why. Um, <laughs> But uh, we said, hey, it's a seven-hour thing. Let's just, like, knock it out and, like, then be pro-parents, I think, uh, at that point. Um, so we did that. Um, and uh, for, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to stereotype, but I'm just going to speak on my my behalf, I guess. Um, it's not one of the most comfortable places for a, a male uh person, I guess. Um, I don't know what's going on in her body in that whole situation, so I'm just sort of along for the ride. Um, and uh, so maternity class maybe is a little bit more information or just straight over my head. So when that happens for me, whenever I'm in situations like that, I really try to uh, loosen the tension with some highly sarcastic jokes or um, things of that nature. Um, so I was rolling along pretty awkward at the beginning, uh, 
land in some awesome uh, sarcastic jokes. And uh, a guy just in front of us uh, kept laughing a lot. And I'm like, he, he likes me. I mean, I'm going to keep this rolling. He, you know, it's still working. Uh, the lady in the front of the class wasn't super psyched. The teacher wasn't, wasn't super pumped. Um, but I'm like, I'm winning him over. So, um, so did that. Then we had a little bit of a break. And you know those situations where uh, you don't know anybody in the room, but then they're like, hey, there's a snack table, like go and like hang out or whatever. You feel like you have to talk to the people around you. Um, I'm an introvert at heart, so that's like my nightmare uh, is doing things like that. Um, so I was like, well, and then all these things go in my head. I'm like, well, I own a business and I used to be a pastor. And so I probably should like be nice to these people and like, <laughs> Be, you know, um, so we do the thing like, hey, what do you do? Blah, 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 all this stuff. It's like, hey, I'm a pastor at this church plant. And I'm like, I feel like we've met before, maybe. Uh, and so a colleague of mine from Northview introduced me to this guy and said, hey, you, you know, months ago, it's like, hey, you, you know, you guys should chat. Um, you seem like you'd really get along. Met him just brief, briefly. And then, um, you know, we see each other at the maternity class, and we're like, hey, well, when are you due? And she's like, or Kelsey, who's you guys all tracking now. Um, <laughs> I'll let the cat out of the bag. Um, she said, uh, right, I mean, it was a couple weeks right after Roman, yeah. So, um, and he's like, hey, my name's Dwayne. And I'm like, I think we know each other, maybe. Um, but either way, you love my jokes, so we should hang out. Um, so... Uh, we went and got the Lord's Chicken at uh, Chick-fil-A, uh, which is only the thing that, you know, two pastors would do. Um, did that and, uh, and were able to uh, connect. And then uh, uh, fast forward a little bit, um, Roman was born, Wyatt was born five days after that, um, and uh, stayed connected. And then after we opened our shop, Dwayne just kept showing up uh, like he tends to do. Uh, just kept showing up and showing up and I'm like, man, he either really wants me to come to their church or he just really likes our coffee. Hope it's the, uh, you know, the, the latter, but, um, you know, uh, either way. Um, but yeah, uh, Dwayne and Kelsey have been a huge, uh, support in our lives. Uh, that connection with our kids is just, um, really great. Um, we met them in a season of our life where, uh, we were really in an in-between, um, uh, for those of you that have served in ministry, whether it be uh, as a volunteer for a long time or maybe uh, professionally um, in ministry, it can be very taxing. Um, it can take a lot from your family, and I don't mean God taking a lot from your family, but just the institution of church and, and ministry life can do that. Uh, so we were in a season in our life where we didn't really know where to go or what to do. Um, I was in a season of life where I was ready to walk away from, you know, what this stuff looks like, at least institutionally. Um, and uh, it was, you know, that silly class that uh, God put Dwayne there and, and, uh, and used his, uh, his voice. And then, and then obviously you guys sacrificially doing what you do every week to make this place work has made us... Uh, and me personally sort of reevaluate what God has in store for, for us as a family. 
um, and us in the ministry world. So um, very happy to be here. And again, it's all God that, that sort of orchestrates all of that uh, to bring us to the table um, and, and ultimately uh, bring me here to be able to chat with you guys. Um, so that's a little bit of background of why they let me come up on the stage and, and say anything. Um, but like I said, I'm truly honored to be here. Um, now, when Dwayne mentioned the series, uh, hashtag blessed, um, I was like, all right, that resonates a little bit. I'm a you know millennial uh, type. I know what Twitter is. So um, uh, I wasn't as upset as Josh was when he saw you know, the title. I may have fed into it a little bit, you know, pushed Dwayne across that edge just because I know uh, I, I know it'd be great. So um, I'm excited to throw up the hashtag today um, and uh, hopefully share you guys some uh, tweetable moments that you can, you know, um, and make it rock. So that is the goal of all sermons, I think, is as many tweets as you can get out of it. So um, feel free. I won't be judging if you're scrolling through uh, Twitter. So, um, so yeah, for me, this word blessed has so many different meanings. Um, there's a lot of different things that come to mind. Um, and I believe it's because I hear it in so many different ways. Um, I mean, if we go the social media route, we hear this like, man, I'm truly blessed that, you know, I didn't hit those red lights or like, man, I'm so blessed that, uh, you know, I was able to, um, you know, get into work a little bit late and just be sort of chill or or even further on that end of like truly blessed to have a family that, you know, loves me and cares for me. And, you know, so you have more of the legitimate, I would say, uh, uses of the words and then a little bit more of the, the silly end of, of the that use. But, uh, but what that does really is just makes it difficult to really understand what uh, God is talking about when he's talking about blessing, um, when God is talking about it uh, here in, in uh, the Beatitudes. <clears throat> so blessed, um, or that word blessed, it always seems, at least for me, to be centered around a moment in my life that I experience like triumph or experience something like maybe overcoming something uh, or you you missed, you know, you, sh you shortly missed something that was going to be bad, but you came out on the good side. Um, that uh, that triumph side for me is where it, it really feels like it's a part of my vocabulary. Um, even to sometimes that that word can be interchanged with even the word luck, like uh, uh, truly lucky or, or I don't know, um, something like that. It feels like sometimes uh, in the Christian world we can interchange that word blessed uh, with you know, someone who doesn't believe in God may say luck, um, which I which I don't think is is what we're meaning to do. But um, it can come off like that. Um, but what is very interesting, I think, for me is that I don't, I rarely, or if ever, uh, would use the word blessed in the same sense as or same sentence as mourning um, or sadness. Um, or sin, or disparity, or depression, or, you know, rarely would I say, man, I am blessed to be the worst, or blessed <laughs> to be so depressed, or sad, or, you know, to have gone through that thing. I'm so blessed um, to do that. It's just not, not normally how it goes. Um, for me, they just don't really coincide. 
They're not things that, that, that work alongside one another. The word morning reminds me of times when I didn't measure up, uh, maybe when times when you fall short, uh, and maybe even where sin in our lives, um, that word morning makes me think of uh, the deepest, darkest parts of my life. Uh, the parts in my life where I feel like I'm struggling the most um, or uh, you're in such a spot that um, there's nothing you can do but um, almost just sit there. Uh, that's, uh, that's sort of how I could describe when I think of mourning is you don't know what to do. Uh, you, you know, uh, wake up and you're in this sort of robot mindset and you don't really know where to go. Um, so... Being blessed to mourn is not something that uh, that really works for me. <laughs> it's not it's not really something I want to want to think about. But sometimes um, the important thing to understand um, is that uh, in those settings, maybe when I feel the most down or depressed, um, you can feel defined by it. Uh, sometimes, um, and I want you guys to understand that word uh, definition. Um, uh, we can be defined by the things that we don't want to be defined by. We can be defined by the things that uh, set us into mourning or, or be defined by the things that, um, or maybe there's moments when we are stuck in this rut, or for me, I'm stuck in that rut where um, you don't want to talk about it because you're afraid that it'll define you. Uh, you're scared of, so maybe you put on this, this image uh, or this uh, facade because um, you don't want people to know really what you're defined by. You don't want people to know really what's inside. Um, and many of us uh, in this room today uh, can relate to what I'm talking about when we say mourning. Um, most of us, I'm sure, have dealt with something in our lives where um, it's just crippled us to the core. Uh, it's just rocked us down to uh, we don't really know what to do. Uh, we, we're just at that spot. And, um, and whether it be uh, the, our own shortcomings, uh, maybe it's something that we did um, to cause it, or, or maybe it's something we did to hurt somebody else, uh, or, or something like that, or maybe it's even uh, the shortcomings of other people. Uh, maybe people you love, or maybe people you maybe don't even know, um, or people that uh, you know lead our institutions, whether it be a country or your workplace um, or um, anything like that. Uh, maybe it's the shortcomings of those people um, that have spiraled you into uh, something that you feel like you can't get out of and something you're truly mourning about. Uh, the the thing that really we can be common in this in this world is that uh, most of us have experienced that, uh, most of us have dealt with that, um, and uh, and most of us have tried to find a place to go uh, when we when we run into that. Um, and, and I mean, right now in the current world that we're in, um, we sort of jointly experience mourning uh, every time we. Uh, throw the TV on or throw social media up and see another school shooting that takes place. Um, and, uh, or maybe, uh, just a blatant act of, uh, racism or prejudice or just something straight up unfair. Um, that just doesn't make sense. Um, I think we all 
jointly can understand just as humans that like that's not how we want to be um, and that's really not how anybody should be um, and when I think about some of that stuff and and we sort of think jointly as just human people man how like how deep into mourning do you have to get to uh, go into a school and do something like that uh, like I just feel for, obviously we feel for the people that were affected by the shortcomings of one individual, but man, I just feel for that person that um, you can get to a point in your life that you have nowhere else to go and nowhere else to turn, and uh, and that's your only answer in your head. Um, it's just so tough. Um, and that's that idea of mourning that... Um, that we need to understand today. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we experience mourning each and every time, uh, we see someone in our life that's just mistreated, um, that, uh, we either see it in mourning and, in, in their expression or maybe, uh, in how we interact with them. Uh, so many times I feel like, um, as God's people, our hearts break for what breaks God's heart. Um, uh, our, our hearts truly um, get stuck in that when we see uh, his people being mistreated or his people being uh, broken down. And, uh, and this collective idea of mourning as a people um, is uh, the central idea of what we're going to be diving into a little bit today uh, and, and what we want to come across um, and uh, this idea that mourning is not only linked uh, in this verse that we're going to go over today is not only linked to the word blessing for all of us, but it's also linked to the word comfort. And uh, now comfort is even more, you know, countercultural when we think about mourning. Um, I'm not at all comfortable in that place. And I, I would say none of us here are comfortable in just not feeling uh, not feeling right or not feeling good or about what's going on or taking place. Um, and if anything, for me, um, it's so countercultural that idea of being comfortable with mourning, um, that it almost makes me anxious or, uh, especially this idea of mourning, it makes me anxious or aggressive even sometimes like, uh, you want to go and do something because that's not right. And, you know, what they did wasn't right. And, and whether it be attacking another person or, or aggressively going after something else. Um, and even, like I said, to a point of sad or, or depressed, um, we can feel sometimes, uh, so filled with this mourning, so filled with this anger or, or depression or sadness, um, that, like I said, we can all feel defined by these things. Um, Sometimes these things that you try to hide, uh, they just come out, and, and that's just who you are. You know, you're the you're the person that always seems sad, or or you're the person that always um, is maybe negative toward or somebody somebody else, or maybe you're always cynical, um, or uh, you always think that the world's just going to be how it is, and and that is what it is, um, and you're sort of stuck in this. Uh, but we see some something different in the text that we'll go over today, um, and it's that it's this idea that through a relationship with Christ, uh, we begin to redefine that word. Uh, we begin to redefine what mourning looks like, and uh, and what it really means. Um, 
So that's a lot of what we're going to dive into here today uh, for the rest of the rest of the time. Uh, but before we dive into reading some uh, some scripture today, um, I'd like to pray for us if we can. God, thank you for uh, the opportunity to be here. God, thank you for uh, this uh, building and this space. Um, you have truly uh, sanctified it and given us the opportunity to make this a place where you are. Um, God, I ask that you come into this place, uh, meet us here today, um, lead uh, me and the words that you've put uh, on uh, this paper to um, hit home. Uh, God, please uh, take me off of this uh, stage and take this microphone out of my hand and, and let you truly speak uh, in whatever fashion that may be. Um, God, again, thank you for all of these people uh, that have been a, a true blessing on, on my life. Um, and God, I pray that we can uh, learn and take something from this today uh, to go and be uh, the people that you've called us to be. Uh, and change uh, the world of Indianapolis that we uh, call home. Thank you again for this opportunity, and uh, uh, we praise you. Amen. So, um, as we are, or as as we've been doing throughout uh, the series, hashtag blessed. Uh, we want to open up Matthew chapter five, um, and uh, last week we talked about uh, verse three. Uh, we're going to dive into uh, verse four today. Um, but a little bit of background as we're, as we're, you know, as you guys are turning there, uh, there should be Bibles in the, um, on some of the chairs um, as well, um, is that we meet Christ as he's preparing for one of his biggest messages of his, uh, you know, ministry um, and uh, uh, Sermon on the Mount, one of the more famous uh, pieces he shared. Uh, before he dives into this message, um, he has some, you know, prefaced words he would like to share uh, with some of his close uh, few, um, and it's and it's some of these words that are really centered on blessing, uh, with uh, and that's what we call the beatitudes. Uh, what we'll be going over. So today we're going to focus on verse four. Um, so it says, "Blessed are those who mourn, uh, for they will be comforted." Or, "Blessed are are the mourning, for they will be comforted." Um, and again, like usual, uh, when Jesus is talking to the disciples, sometimes, uh, and maybe it's our translation, but sometimes it can feel, feel very cryptic. I'm sure that sometimes they're like, man, uh, can you say that again? Circle back. Uh, let's try that again. Uh, because I, you know, obviously God all knowing, you know, um, and, uh, the perfect one that he is, uh, but he's talking to a group of people that uh, are like us, you know, just sort of ragtag, uh, no necessarily professional background, and they're all come from different places, and um, so their context for this understanding may not be, um, may not be uh, as high as we may think, um, and so I can only imagine that as the disciples are listening to this they're confused uh, by this countercultural statement as well uh, because they're like, well, we don't use the word like mourning and comfort together, especially not the word blessed. Um, so why, you know, why do we put all this stuff together? Uh, it doesn't, you know, doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, but uh, it's through this countercultural statement that we as the reader 
uh, begin to see that Christ has something very important to say, and that's that goes for all of these uh, these uh, verses that we're going to go over the next uh, few weeks. Uh, God is reminding His people that if you, uh, like Christ, begin to understand, um, or if you in Christ begin to understand your imperfection and the sin that has led to that imperfection, uh, that you can be truly freed. Uh, or comforted. Uh, so the first part of this verse, um, I guess if we focus on a couple a couple parts, uh, the word blessed meaning um, we are honored or we are uh, like it's something special to be a part of, um, uh, that word being blessed. And then the second part being mourning. Um, mourning in this context is talking about um, the imperfection of who we are as human people. So this idea that we've all uh, fallen short, whether it be the imperfection of, like I said, our own shortcomings or maybe our own struggles, uh, we're not necessarily, it's not necessarily talking about the mourning of, you know, maybe a loved one or being sad that someone is gone, uh, but more of mourning the fact that we are imperfect people, you know, lamenting into this idea that um, we, uh, we're behind the eight ball right off the jump um, and, uh, and understanding that. And then the last part uh, being comfort. Uh, and when I think of comfort, I think like almost being like wrapped up in something like, you know, you feel safe, you feel at home, you feel like you're supposed to be there. Um, and it's this idea that you will be comforted, um, and uh, and that that uh, those first two parts can be difficult sometimes uh, for us. It can be difficult to be humble enough to understand our imperfection, um, and humble enough to get uh, get past that second part of the verse. Humble enough to say that you know we aren't perfect. We don't have all the answers. Um, we, we need somebody else in our life to uh, perfect us in the way that, that God has called us to. I know that uh, when, you're when you're thinking of mourning or maybe you're down um, in that rut, um, at least a lot of times for me, I feel like I need to pull myself out. Like that's the only way that I, I can really uh, do that. And, that, and that's not uh, I'm not necessarily comfortable in my own uh, shortcomings at that point. Like I feel like I've got to fix those in order to uh, be better. Um, but what Christ is saying here that blessed uh, are those that are comfortable in their own shortcomings uh, because um, they, were, they will truly be comforted by it. Um, and not comforted by their own skills or, or the ability to get out of it on their own, uh, but comforted by the fact that we are no longer imperfect because Christ has made us perfect, uh, and comfortable in this idea that if we understand that we need Christ in our lives, um, that we truly can be comforted um, and truly can uh, be made whole. Um, God continues to move on, uh, like I said, and he uses this word comfort. Um, and uh, like I said, this word comfort is so important. It's such an important piece of this, uh, of this verse. Uh, this word comfort, uh, like I said, it reminds me of uh, refuge uh, or feeling like a safe place. 
um, or uh, like you have strength maybe to move forward um, or this idea of belonging. Um, and I just want you to think on that for a second uh, and think on this idea that those who mourn, like truly mourn their imperfection uh, and have a real understanding of it will truly find comfort in Christ. Uh, and we will uh, uh, we'll really find comfort in that. But uh, what does this word uh, comfort really mean to you all? Uh, I've shared a little bit of what uh, comfort means to me, uh, but what does this word comfort mean to you? Uh, what does this word mourning mean to all of you? Uh, what type of picture does it paint um, for each of you? What does it mean in your life today to truly understand, like really in your life right now, whatever spot you may be in, um, to truly understand who you are, like really get it, like really get that self-awareness of what who you are inside um, and who you are as a member of this broken, uh, imperfect, messed up world. Um, but uh, the great part is, is that again, it doesn't just stop there. Um, if we or, or you all have uh, chosen to uh, bring Christ into your life, um, then you have something different uh, than the rest of the broken world that we're in. The, you don't have to be stuck on the first or the second part of that verse. Uh, you can move on to the to the comfort part uh, and the hope part, um, and that uh, that begins to uh, reshape a little bit of who we understand uh, that we are. You no longer have to be defined by the sin that gets you stuck in that morning uh, time or maybe that sin that haunts you or that sin that no one knows about, uh, but instead you're defined by the back end of that verse. You're defined by the hope uh, uh, that comes to life. Uh, it's because, again, of this humble nature of our lives as sinners to realize that we need Christ to step in and take our place, that we truly can find refuge, that we really can uh, really truly become comfortable, um, comfortable in our own skin, comfortable in what God is calling us to, comfortable in the, in the journey that is this life that we're in. But all of this, um, many of you have heard, like, uh, I mean, the Beatitudes are, are a verse that we all really hear uh, fairly regularly. And many of you have probably heard this verse before. Um, and, and we may say, well, we've been there, done that. Blessed are those who mourn, uh, for they will be comforted. Um, but what I wonder is, are you truly living... Uh, your life today in response to what God is saying in this verse? Um, are you truly living in the freedom that comes from uh, this verse? Uh, living, uh, are you living your life with this hope in your mind all the time? Like uh, understanding that you have shortcomings, but you have an advantage? Like you're not stuck in that first part? Um, you're not stuck in that moment of the verse where it's like, blessed are those who mourn. Well, great. But what about the next piece? Um, or are you so focused maybe on the sin in this world that that's the part that really sticks and starts to define you? Um, because this world that we're in and the evil one wants us to be stuck in the first part of that verse. Uh, 
he wants us to uh, to dig our boots in and 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 really live in that spot. Um, but I will encourage you: you got to read the rest of the verse, and you got to live by what that means. Uh, you you really have to uh, find hope and freedom and refuge and really comfort and belonging in the fact that we are sinners, but it doesn't end there. Um, that we are mourning the fact that we need Christ in our life, but we have Christ in our life. Um, those of us that uh, that have brought him in, um, we have that. So all of that being said, uh, we have an opportunity, uh, and not an opportunity to like be better people long term or like in the next five years I hope that I'm here. Um, but we have an opportunity like today, like in like an hour uh, to interact with people in our lives, whether it be uh, neighbors or family uh, or friends. Uh, but we have a, an opportunity in our life in a moment today to truly live out of response uh, of this freedom and live out of response to this hope. Uh, no longer be defined by the mourning that, that wrecks us um, and, and and kills us to the core, uh, but we have something. Uh, we have something that's different, um, and maybe we feel like, like I said, um, we've fallen short, or there's something in uh, our lives that we can't be forgiven for. Or like, you know, you don't understand. Like, I've done some really bad stuff, and like, God doesn't want me. God doesn't want you know. I'm not a part of this thing. What you're talking about is like for those people, but not me. Um, and I would encourage you that uh, that God is sharing with all of us that um, we're no longer defined by that first part of the verse, but with Christ in our life, we're defined by the other part. Um, and the amazing part, um, again, about this verse, and I keep hitting it, but I really want you all to understand uh, that we will be comforted uh, if you truly find refuge uh, in this morning, we will be comforted. We no longer have to be defined by these sins in our life that cause us to mourn, um, but instead we have an opportunity to embrace hope and an opportunity to do that uh, for real. Um, we can bring hope uh, into our lives and truly move something, like truly change something because... Um, when your life starts to be redefined and you truly find freedom in the fact that we um, we are redefined people, you start to walk a little bit different and you start to uh, live your life in a different way uh, because you have those cards in your hand that you know um, how this whole thing's going to go. Um, one of the verses that uh, has always stuck out to me um, and uh, feel like it somewhat coincides here as uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Uh, it's something that just sticks with me and, and has for a long time. Uh, growing up, my dad uh, would always say, um, you've got to enjoy the journey. Like when I was in high school, I'm always like, man, I can't wait till I'm in college. Or man, I can't wait till I get married and like have a family and a job and all this stuff. And he'd be like, you just got to slow down. And, and enjoy the journey because the journey is, is great. And that's why I think I love this verse. Uh, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out. Um, so yeah, this idea that 
the sin that so easily entangles uh, that morning that we get stuck in, that rut that we get in. Um, this verse is calling us to throw it off and, and run the race we've been marked out for, uh, which is uh, which is hope, um, and uh, which is that opportunity to make a change. Uh, so many times in our lives, we look at our sin, and again, we're defined by it. Uh, we can truly get stuck in it. We can get stuck in this morning when Christ is saying uh, that we can truly live a life of hope. Um, and what, again, I want to remind you all, uh, that none of us are defined by uh, the sin that so easily entangles. Um, but we can begin to live in response to this. So I have a question for you, or a couple questions. What could God do through us if we truly lived out of response to this freedom? Like, what could us, as a collective group, what could happen uh, if each of us truly lived in response to that freedom? Um, what could God do here in this place uh, at the district church if we stopped being defined by the shortcomings that may uh, have brought us down, whether it be individually or, or as an institution, um, but instead we're defined by that comfort that we find in Christ. Like what real things could happen? Um, a countercultural statement like that rocked the disciples' worlds, uh, and I truly feel like it can change the world that we're in. If we truly start to live by that counterculture statement, um, it can change this world that we're in. It can change your neighborhood. Indianapolis, whatever it may be. Um, and we have an opportunity as people in Christ who, if we all say that we want to live out of response of this hope, we have an opportunity to change the world as well, change the world around us and do it in a real way. And, and when I say the word world, I may not necessarily mean the entire world, uh, but changing your world. So whether it be your uh, workplace, three or four people uh, in your little, you know, office area, or uh, maybe your neighborhood, uh, or the group of people you hang out with. Um, that's where God's calling you to change. He's placed you in that spot to live out of response of hope, uh, out of response to that hope, uh, so that those around you that may be stuck in that morning, uh, you can give them hope and change their world. Um, so I would ask you, uh, what are we going to do with it? Like, what are you going to do with that? Um, let it sit. I encourage you to uh, read over that verse a couple more times um, as you're thinking through this. But what are you going to do with it? Uh, like, don't step out of here and just hear another thing and, like, you know, hear this guy talk about whatever. Uh, and uh, But truly, what is God going to do for you? Like, what are you going to do? Uh, to change what's happening around you uh, because we have that shot. And what I love about Christ is that um, Christ's message and, and God's you know, journey for the world is going to happen. Um, and uh, it's just whether or not uh, you're going to be one of the people that it happens through. Are you going to have the opportunity to be a part of it? Because God will use someone. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, are you going to be that someone? And I encourage you uh, to be that. And the last question is, where are we going to go with this? Where do you need to go to truly live in response to this hope? Uh, what conversation do you need to have? Um, uh, what phone call do you need to make? Um, whatever that may be, uh, what needs to happen? Uh, uh, what moment uh, are you uh, 
holding on to that you need to make the leap. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's all we got today. Uh, I'm going to close out in prayer, and then we are uh, going to roll on with everything else. Um, God, again, thank you for uh, this verse. Uh, thank you for uh, the opportunity um, that we have to be here, uh, this opportunity we have to truly make a difference uh, in our lives, make a difference in what's happening uh, where we are, uh, and make a difference in the world that we live in. Um, and God, I truly pray uh, that you get us out of this rut that is uh, mourning. You get us out of this rut that may be uh, sticking with us, um, and you truly lead us uh, to change the world around us. Um, live in response to that hope um, and uh, and bless us with with everything else we have today um, thank you uh, and uh, amen thank you for listening to a sermon from the district church for more information about us please visit www.thedistrict.church additionally if any of our sermons have brought encouragement to you would you please let us know by emailing us at info@thedistrict.church at